one of those people who God's made incredibly gifted. You have all these gifts and talents and you have all these things going for you. And if you're not careful, you make the same mistake that Arioch makes trying to take credit for something that you have no business taking credit for. But Daniel, he tells the truth because Daniel makes sure that King Nebuchadnezzar knows that this is a God thing. Do you give credit where credit is due? Well, today on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel points out how Daniel gives God all of the credit when he talks to King Nebuchadnezzar about his dream. Daniel could have taken some of the glory for himself, but he didn't. He used the opportunity to share with everyone how powerful and all-knowing God is. No other God could do what the God of the Bible did. Daniel didn't hold back. He was honest and gave God the glory. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Daniel chapter 2 as he begins a brand new study called History in Advance. So the Bible is a very powerful book. There's things in the Bible that you won't find anywhere else. And I know for me, I... If you've never studied the scriptures, what we're going to study today is really going to impact your life, because it did mine. I didn't grow up reading the Bible. I didn't grow up studying the Bible. I didn't really know the Bible at all. And I remember when I started reading it in college, towards the end of my time in college, a lot of things kind of impacted me. A lot of things really spoke to me. But the last kind of bricks to fall in my own journey to put my faith and trust in Jesus was the fact that God in his word can tell you what was going to happen before it happened. I mean, I was a skeptic. I mean, like, I was like a legitimate skeptic. Like, I prided myself on my skepticism. But what I found was that when you study God's word, you find that God wants to authenticate who he is to you by saying, look, I can tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Now think about that for a second. If someone were to tell you what would happen before it happens, and then it happens, wouldn't you think to yourself for a second, you know, maybe there's something to that. Well, that's exactly what we have going on in the section of the book of Daniel that we're studying. So I want you to open up in your Bible, Daniel chapter 2. Daniel 2, we're going to be taking verses 24 to 48. So the second half of Daniel chapter 2. So I want to get you to the book of Daniel. It's right after a really long book called Ezekiel. There's 48 chapters to Ezekiel in that last section of the Old Testament that we call the prophets. Of course, if you have a smart device, you can pull that baby out and type in Daniel chapter 2, verses 24 to 49. It'll pop right up on your browser. You don't even have to use any minute muscle memory working your way through the Bible. But I'll be honest with you, I love reading the Bible in a book. It's just something, it's like a retro thing, like it's like a book, you know, like with paper and glue and ink and all. I mean, it's amazing. Now, because we're dropping in right in the middle of this story, I want to give you a thumbnail sketch of what we studied 
at the beginning of this chapter. I gave you three points. Remember, this all began with this king, the king of Babylon named Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. The dream was so provocative to him that he came and he invited all of his counselors, all of the wise guys, all the, the wise men of all the different sorts and said, look, I had a dream. It made me anxious. I want you to tell me what the dream was and its interpretation. And everybody was like, hey, hey, listen, nobody has ever asked us to tell the dream and the interpretation. You could tell us the dream, and they didn't say this, but we'll make up the interpretation for you. But no one's ever asked us for the dream and its interpretation, so that's not good. And Nebuchadnezzar, I made the point that don't be crazy, right? Because Nebuchadnezzar got crazy in crisis. He started, he gave an order, kill them all, kill all the wise men. And then the word makes it to Daniel, who is a Jewish refugee in Babylon, and Daniel created God's space. Isn't that what we called it? Daniel said, hold on, can you give me a little time? I'm going to go pray, and I'm going to see what God's going to do. And then it says that God gave Daniel the interpretation, but before Daniel just ran in, what did he do? He didn't forget to give the thanks, right? He took the time to say, God, thank you for who you are and what you've done. And we pick up the story right there. So look what it says in verse 24 of Daniel chapter 2. It says, Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. And when Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said thus to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. And the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? And Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king, verse 28, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but for our sakes who make known the interpretation of the king and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. So first, what I love about this, and I think this is so important, and this is a principle of life that I think we know and we've heard it, but if we aren't careful, we can forget a little bit. And that's this, my friends, we've got to make sure we tell the truth. You got to make sure you tell the truth. See, we live in a day and age where, to quote that great movie quote, remember Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men, what, you can't handle the truth. I almost just want to make like a meme of that, where every time I say something about the truth, you can't handle the truth, you know? But we always need to make sure we tell the truth, because Daniel here, he receives the interpretation, and Daniel is a truth teller. But what's interesting about what goes on here, of course, is Daniel goes to this guy, Arioch, who Arioch's job was to exterminate all of the wise men of Babylon who couldn't give Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation, the dream and the interpretation. And Daniel goes to Arioch and says, look, I got the interpretation. And Arioch goes before Nebuchadnezzar, and notice in verse 25, who's trying to take credit? 
Arioch is. I have found a man of the captains of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. Now, did Arioch go find Daniel? No, who found? Daniel came and found Arioch, right? But listen, that's the day and age we live. People try and take credit for things that they didn't do. And listen, that's the way our world works. But if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you shouldn't be trying to take credit for something that someone else is doing. That's just wrong. It lacks character. It lacks integrity. But Arioch, he's like, I got an opportunity to get a leg on up. And so sure enough, and then the king says to Daniel, says, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Now, what's interesting about Nebuchadnezzar's response to Daniel, it's almost like Nebuchadnezzar doesn't even believe it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we can't read motive into his words, but it's almost like, well, no one else can. You're the guy who's going to be able to tell me this stuff. And then Daniel tells a truth that is just so powerful because he says, look at what it says in verse 27. The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers cannot declare to the king, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days, your dream and your visions of your head upon your bed were these. Now this is powerful because you know what the truth Daniel tells is? He says, look, none of the wisdom of your kingdom can tell you this, but there is a God who created and sustains everything, and he can tell you. See, truth is not a concept. Truth is a person, and that person is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, what? The truth and the life. See, you want to tell the truth? You tell people about who the Lord is, who Jesus is. Because what happens is we live in a day and age You might be one of those people who God's made incredibly gifted. You have all these gifts and talents, and you have all these things going for you. And if you're not careful, you make the same mistake that Arioch makes, trying to take credit for something that you have no business taking credit for. But Daniel, he tells the truth because Daniel makes sure that King Nebuchadnezzar knows that this is a God thing. And he even goes so far, you look at how Daniel ends this whole section, verse 30. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but for our sakes, who make known the interpretation of the king and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. See, Daniel doesn't want to take credit for this at all. He's like, I don't know this because I'm so wise. He wants to give all the glory to the Lord. And you guys want to tell the truth? Live your lives giving glory to God. Live your lives saying, if something good just went on, it's because of who the Lord is. It's not because of me. But you know, we live in a day and age where everyone's learning how to prop up their identities. It's like our culture teaches this. Our culture teaches you got to take credit where credit is due. But Daniel has an awareness in his own heart of what he has and why he has it. Who gave it to him? And who deserves the credit for giving it to him? Man, I pray that the people of God, that we would be the kind of people who make sure that we always tell the truth. We give glory to God. All that we have is from him. And this, of course, reminds me of Amos chapter 3, verse 7, where it says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. See, 
God desires to be known. And God has created everything and God's handiwork and his glory is all and everywhere in creation. There's nothing that you can see that doesn't declare who God is. But God realizes that fallen humanity, people like you and I might be apt to say, God didn't do this. You know, the Big Bang did this. Now, listen, you know, the Bible teaches the Big Bang. You know that, right? The only difference is, is the Bible teaches that the Big Bang happened because there's a Big Banger. It's like if someone knocks on your door, that's a loud noise. But, you know, the Bible has the audacity to believe that the reason there's a big knock at the door is because somebody knocked. The Big Bang is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he spoke and everything came into existence. That's the Big Bang. But we actually, as Christians, have the belief that the reason there was a Big Bang was because someone banged it. That's a good word, right? God realizes that left up to our own devices as humanity, we're going to say, no, man, there's no bang, but no banger. When was the last time someone rang your doorbell? There ain't nobody there. Of course there's somebody there. That's why the doorbell rang, you know? What God does is God says, I need to make sure that my creation, who is apt to stray and apt to not believe in me, will believe in me. So you know what I'm going to do? This thing that I'm going to do, I'm going to tell these servants of mine, these people who are the prophets, and they're going to tell everybody what's going to happen. And when it happens, they're going to be like, wow, you know? And listen, there's somebody here today, right now, You're here today. You don't necessarily believe in God. You don't believe in Jesus. You haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, but you are here today. Why? Because God knows you're going to hear a message that's going to give you a thumbnail sketch of world history before it happens. And you're going to say, if God can tell what happens before it happens, then God is really God and I need to believe in him. Because God has placed this stuff in his word so that we would believe. But Daniel tells the truth. And what I would say to you is this. Telling the truth isn't just words. Telling the truth is a lifestyle that is truthful. And I'm here to tell you, you will never live out the truth. You will never tell the truth in the world unless you put Jesus front and center in your life. And you live your life giving glory to God because you didn't create the air in your lungs. You didn't create the lungs that are breathing the air. You did not create the food of the earth or the ability to digest that food. You did not create the gifts that you have. They were given to you. Even the passions that you have, that you have honed through a lot of work, the ability to hone those passions and even that passion that you have was all a gift. And there's nothing worse than driving something like you stole it as if you own it because you don't own it. And when we put Jesus at the center of our lives, we will live the truth and we will tell the truth and the world will know that God is real because of the gifts and talents he's placed in your life that are directed for him. And Daniel does this. Daniel could have taken credit. He's going before the most powerful man in the world with some information that nobody else has. And Daniel's like, man, I can build a career on this. I can get me some stock options and get me some private equity. I can get me 20 million Twitter followers. But no, he's like, this is not happening because of me. There is a God in heaven who can reveal the secrets. That's why it's happening. Now, from there, look at what Daniel does. In verse 31, it says this. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image 
This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome. This image's head was of gold, its chest and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, you know what's beautiful about this? My friends, God knows your dreams. God knows your dreams. This is the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had that nobody could tell him what it was, but Daniel's like, here's the dream that you have. And my friends, God knows your dreams. Now, obviously, I'm using this phrase, God knows your dreams in multiple ways. One, it's true. The dreams that you have, like when you go to bed, God knows what they are. You may not remember them. How many of you remember your dreams? How many of you can't remember your dreams most time? I'm in that category. I think that's because we sleep so soundly, right? But God knows the thoughts that you have when you are not conscious of having thoughts. And in the same way, God knows your dreams in the sense of aspirations as well. That's who God is. God knows your aspirations. God knows the things that you're hoping for. God knows the things that you're like, I really want this to be the case in my life. God desires that. He wants you to realize that he knows your dreams. And in the same way, God knows the dreams of this Nebuchadnezzar, this king of Babylon, he knows them. And Daniel recites to him. Now, what's interesting is we learned previously that Nebuchadnezzar was wondering what would come to pass after this. Nebuchadnezzar's question was about the future. And don't we all question about what's going to happen in the future? Like we live in the present, but we're always like, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder how this thing's going to work. What's going to happen here? And what's going to go on with my kids and my grandkids and this and my health and the finances? And we have all these questions. And so Nebuchadnezzar is having these questions and God wants to give him a clue in to what is going on. And by doing so, God gives Nebuchadnezzar this vision of what most scholars call the multi-metallic image. It's this huge statue. And this huge statue we find out is an enormous statue. It's got a head of gold. Right? It's got chest and arms of silver. It's got a waist and thighs of bronze. And then it's got the legs of iron. And then the feet are iron mixed with clay. Right? So it's this huge statue. Gold, silver, bronze, iron, and then iron and clay feet. Right? And then all of a sudden, this stone shows up. It's cut out without hands. It crushes the feet and the whole entire image all the gold, all of it, even though it crushes the feet, the whole statue comes together and it's like dust. They use this picture about the chaff at the summer threshing floor. Now, I've never threshed wheat before, but I've read a lot about it. And the idea was, is that when you harvested grain in ancient history or near Eastern history, the times of Jesus and before, they would take these little, it would be almost like a little shed, a lean-to almost on top of a mountain. And when the winds would come by, they would take the wheat, right? So it's the grain and the chaff, which was the, the structure around it that protected the wheat. And they would use this little fan. They'd throw it up in the air. And because the grain was heavy, it'd fall to the ground and the chaff would just fly away because it didn't have any strength to it. It was just a protecting outer shell. 
And he's saying, all of this metal, these precious metals, it's like powder flies away. And then this stone, it grows on up in such a way that it fills the whole earth. Powerful. This, of course, reminds me of Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, where it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. See, in some ways, Nebuchadnezzar's desire to understand what he just received is actually to his glory. See, what this means is that what God desires God sometimes will show us something small, but he wants us to seek it out. Why? Because God knows that in the seeking of understanding, our relationship grows. Do you realize that? It's like a relationship grows based on the pursuit of a relationship. Like you think about when you first maybe fell in love, for those of you who are here married, and all of a sudden you check that person out and you're like, hello, you know? And then the whole pursuit thing begins. And the relationship grows based on the pursuit. And I, I love hearing those stories. I just heard one of these recently where a guy noticed this gal and she wasn't having anything to do with him, but he would not be denied. You know, and she's like, yeah, I didn't like him at all. And he's like, no, she didn't, but I won her over over time, you know? But the thing is, is that pursuit is essential for the deepening of a relationship. And I think there's some of you here right now that God has shown you some things and you don't understand them, but you're just kind of frustrated you don't have the answer rather than seeing that God wants you to pursue. Like, God wants you to pursue a depth and relationship with him. I think that's why sometimes, you know, there's one scholar who I read who said that God works in manifestation and hiddenness. That there are times when God reveals himself to us and there are other times when God hides so that we'll seek. And oftentimes I think what we do is because we live in a more passive culture, when God hides, we sit down rather than seeking. But you realize that God hides so that we would seek. Because God wants us to grow in that relationship. So I think that for some of you here today, God is waiting for you to engage. He's hiding right now so that you would seek. And I think that there's probably a lot of you in that moment where you're saying, oh, well, if God's gonna not talk, then forget it. And you're really missing out on what God is doing. See, God wants that pursuit. I mean, think about what that verse I read you in Proverbs 25. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. God is glorified by not telling us the whole story. And it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. So a wise person seeks after understanding in the ways of God. Even if God isn't showing all of his cards, a wise person seeks after it. Jesus is Kids love to play chase and hide and seek. They want you to pursue and engage them. And don't you feel the same? You want the people in your life to want to spend time with you, to get to know you more. This is how God feels too. Pastor Daniel closed out today's teaching with a reminder, sometimes God doesn't show all his cards so that you'll seek him out. 
When you pursue the Lord and keep asking for clarity and wisdom, you'll get to know Him more, and your relationship will flourish and grow. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. You might be wondering what King Nebuchadnezzar's dream was all about. It was kind of crazy. Do the different parts of the statue mean anything? What's with all the stone and metal? Does any of that have significance? Well, come back next time when Pastor Daniel will unpack what God revealed to Daniel about the King's dream and what it all means. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Friction. Until then, may God bless.